I am pleased and grateful to welcome Chaplain uh, Bryant here to be our guest speaker today. Chaplain Bryant is from Barksdale Air Force Base, and thank you, sir, for being here. I guess after I finished preaching, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing all of that. Amen. <laughs> you know, uh, a brand new pastor was going at this church. And he was asking another senior pastor, how long should you preach? And the senior pastor gave him some advice. He said, you get a lifesaver. You know the candy lifesaver? So put it in the side of your mouth. And once the lifesaver is gone, you know that when to stop. <laughs> but the next day, you know, the, uh, he was a young preacher. He was excited about doing his first sermon. He went by him. He bought him a brand new suit. You know, when you have a suit, you got all kind of buttons, extra buttons in there. And what he decided to do, instead of putting a lifesaver in his mouth, he put the button up there. And he preached for hours after hours and after hours and after hours. And that's what I'm going to do today. Amen. <laughs> Thank you again for this invitation to come to preach today. I'm sorry, I normally travel with a choir. I got a 15-voice choir, but they still have some responsibility. The next time you invite me back, I will bring my choir. And they are excellent. They are excellent. They are excellent. They are part excellent. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> My tradition is for people to say amen. Do y'all say amen here? Okay. All right. All right. We, we are. Y'all all right. Y'all all right. <laughs> Let me tell you a few things about who I am. Uh, my father's name was F E F F, and my name is F Son. I'm E F F S O N. And that's a true story. My father's name was F. My mother's name was Bernice, and both of them uh, uh, transitioned from earth to glory. My mother died about four years ago, and my dad probably about 25 years ago. I'm from a small town in South Carolina called Sappet. Guess you everybody heard about Sappet, right? Sappet is a little small town. It's finally on the map. It's on the map. If you go and you, you look it up, it's on the map. Uh, Sappet is actually uh, about 10 miles away from Georgetown, South Carolina, about 45 miles from Murder Beach, and about 60 miles from Charleston, South Carolina. And that's why we talk funny. You know, they, you know we are Geechee, a Gullah. The language is Geechee, a Gullah in South Carolina. And I'm part of that tradition. I still have my, my Gullah, uh, my Geechee accent. That's who I am, amen, and I'm very proud of it. And another little story, I'm, I'm just, I just completed a book on my hometown. I hope to come in print, hope in the next couple of months, and, and I'm saying I'm advertising for my book, huh? <laughs> it's in Gullah language. It's entitled Living, it's actually the book is Living in the Village, but in Gullah language, I mean Living in the Village. That's what Gullah, you see that strange topic? That's my book, amen. And um, I'm with the African Methodist Episcopal Church. I'm the AME, they call us AME. I'm an ordained elder. Been preaching in the church for almost 35, matter of fact, this month was 36 years. Thank God for that. I started when I was young. 
um, I'm married. My wife's name is Queen Elizabeth Thomas Bryant. I'm the king. She is the queen. And I have two children. I have son, Brewington F. Bryant. And my daughter's name is Zilcia Elizabeth Bryant. I'm a genealogist. That's why I, I can tell you a history about my family, who I am, and various things. Again, thank you, Steve. I really feel comfortable here. I feel like I'm at home. Thank you for the invitation. And I hope I don't disappoint you. Invite me next time. You don't invite me back. At least invite my choir back. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to share just a few reflections. On the subject matter today, a call to serve all faith. And you see the theme today, glorifying God, providing spiritual strength, and serving all. Military chaplains have always been around since the beginning of the United States chaplain doing the colonial forces, they often carry ministers around with them. Throughout our 233, 233, I think I'm correct, 300 years of our nation's history, chaplains of all faith have ministered to military people. That's one thing, I, I believe my job is the best job in all of the Air Force. Two years ago, I was deployed at Camp Buring in Kuwait. And this is an army base. What they was doing, they were sending all of the army chaplains to Iraq. And the finally army chaplain there needed nine Air Force chaplains to fulfill various locations. And they sent me to Camp Buring. When I got there, they got 100,000 Army military members and only three Air Force. I was one of the three Air Force. But my job was to provide religious teaching and counseling for 100-plus military troops. I was so fascinated by the Army. During that seven months of my deployment, over 160 chaplains from various denominations and various faiths came through there. We had imams, we had messianic Jews. Uh, you know, Baptists got so many different variations. We got, had about 200 Baptists, all right? <laughs> had all the Methodists. And my primary job was to meet their needs. That's why I say I love being a chaplain. Chaplains today they are still very important to the military. Boxdale, several years ago, we won this big award for our diversity there and our ministering to the people. I'm considered the senior Protestant chaplain. I supervise six other chaplains. And my primary job there is to run a very I guess a program for the Protestant people at Boxdale Air Force Base. We got about 6,000 military members, probably around with their dependents, probably a little over 10,000 plus. And my job is we have three diverse services 
We have a liturgical service. We have traditional services. And my favorite is the gospel service. And I'm the gospel chaplain. But our job, not only chaplain job, but your job as well, is to be a reminder, a visible reminder of God. And that's what God called each and every one of us to do. Everywhere we go, we're supposed to remind people of God. And you saying, to me, well, I didn't know God had a bald head. Yes, God do have a bald head, huh? God, someone asked a question. Uh, my, my son, when he was much smaller, he asked a question. Uh, we were driving. And he asked, he asked, Daddy, what color is God? And I said, God, he's only about six years old. And he asked him, and I look at my wife. I said, can you answer that question, huh? <laughs> but we all are a reflection of Almighty God. Regardless of who you are, we all look like God. And I get up in the morning, every morning, look in the mirror, and I say, look at myself, how great thou art. <laughs> because we look like God, right? We're supposed to be a visible reminder of Almighty God. The responsibility of the chaplains is very we got a long list of things that we do. Here, we work with the Army, Navy, Coast Guard, and, and Marines. We work with them. We are part of their team. When something happened, this on yesterday, they had a young lady uh, young from Tyler, Texas, a Marine. She just finished her school. 18 years old, she got shot, she was murdered in Florida on yesterday. And part of my team was to go with the Marines to that family to give that family the bad news. She was only in the military for about four months, still in her school, walking up the base, going to a restaurant, and all of a sudden, someone shot her to death. And that's part of our responsibility in time of peace and in time of war, chaplains are there. Like I said, I believe we got the biggest responsibility. When, when somebody dies, we are there. When a survivor, dealing with all of the pains and the hurt and the struggle of losing a loved one, we are there to bring comfort, to remind people about the goodness of God. Can you say God is good even in the worst of time? God still is good. Even when things don't even go our way, guess what? The God we serve is still good. Even when we don't understand God, he's still good. Our job is to help heal people, help to bring people back to wholeness. The chaplain and their assistant have family cope with all kind of issues. If you see what's happened throughout the world with the military, and I hope y'all praying for our president, amen. amen? He have a tough, tough job trying to make correct decisions. I tell you the truth, I wouldn't want that job. And you know, his hair was black once upon a time, now his hair almost white. 
Well, y'all keep in mind, he got a big, big responsibility. I believe if we get rid of Congress, I believe if we get rid of Congress, I think the, the world will be a better place, right? I mean, that's, that's me, that's me. But our job is, as a chaplain, is to be there. When people are deploying, our job is to be there for the family. I believe being a part of the military, there got to be a calling from God because the pay sure is not that good, amen. It got to be a calling from God to pick up and leave your family. Like I said, I've been on six deployments. I went to Cuba one year. You know, we got all those prisoners there. I went there to Cuba, went to Saudi Arabia a few times, UAE, Kuwait. And in about two months, I'll be going to Qatar. If you know anything about Qatar, just like a beach. My last one could be on a beach. And y'all pray for me as well, too, like that, huh? But our job is just like Jesus. Jesus went everywhere preaching and telling people about the goodness of John, God. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said, the whole world is my parish. And that's what we, not only chaplain, but we as believer in God. Our job is to go everywhere to preach about Jesus. Tell them about God. So many, this war have taken hold of a lot of people. All of domestic problems. We see it right there, boxed there, right behind the fence. Post-traumatic stress disorder. It's there. Let me tell you one personal note. I was deployed for nine months right before the war. And I knew they were going to war. I was in Saudi Arabia. And, I, and someone asked me, how do you know we were going to war? Very simple. At the base I was located, once upon a time you go on the other side, you only see two or three uh, tankers, 18-wheel tankers. But one day I went over there, they had about 500. The number changed. Emails started circulating, and, and all of a sudden, we knew right then that we're going to war. If you know anything about Saudi Arabia, the place, I mean, it's, it's sometimes the wind blow. It's, it, the wind blows so hard, the sand is everywhere, we couldn't even, you can't even see the person next to you. And right before the war, guess what? For three days, wind was blowing. I got scared myself. I said, God, I, it must be all over for me as well. I was, I was nervous. I, I was nervous. But that's our primary job. When people suffering from all type of pain and hurt, our job as a chaplain is to be there. Even when they bring the wounded off of planes, we, we are there to greet them. Even when we bring the, the draped casket, Chaplains are all, always there to pray for their soul. We pray that, they all, that their soul always resting in peace with Almighty God. One of the things that we must learn as a chaplain is to tolerate other people's religion. 
You know, religion is such a big issue in America today, right? Uh, doing election time, boy, everybody, you know, I went to a place, my next door neighbor wouldn't even talk to me because they belonged to some other religion. But one thing that I learned as a chaplain, I learned to respect people where they are. I don't have to agree with your faith. I don't have to agree with what you believe in. But still, yeah, I have to respect you as a chaplain. And the Constitution gives us the right to worship God any way we want to. That's the Constitution right. But sometimes when I, when I do briefing on base, I say, oh, man, you know, I, had a, had a, I was at this base in North Dakota, Minot, cold. You ever been to Minot? Don't go there. I mean, I mean, don't. It, it's cold there, huh? I went to. I was doing this briefing for a brand new group of people, about three hundred people coming to the base, and I was telling them I'm with the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and one little young airman jumped out and said, "Chaplain, you're on your way to hell, huh?" He said, "Because we don't have denomination in heaven, huh? The Bible didn't say nothing about denomination." And I try to be nice as brass. Well, when did you become God? You're not God, amen. Now, if I wasn't around 300 people, I would <clears throat> I would tell you I would do something else to him. But you know, <laughs> thank God, thank God, I was there. But our job, and sometimes that's a very even some of the chaplain I work for, they struggle with that issue, trying to diversify the chaplaincy. I had one tell me, well, no lady will never speak to me, you know, uh, because my faith said, well, you know, women don't preach. I said, well, you know, guess what? One will be your supervisor one of these days. And guess what? One was his supervisor also. Huh? I said, when have you become God? We not God. Let God do his business. Amen. Amen. They don't pay me enough as a major to take care of God's business. They don't pay me. My, my, I don't have that pay grade. And part of our training is to learn about different denominations and different faiths. You know, they have moved all of the military chaplaincy, I don't care what branch you are, to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. We're trying to merge everything together. And I just came back from uh, a TDY just recently uh, at Las Vegas. Now, I wasn't gambling. I was down there doing some work. When I tell people, I go to Las Vegas. I mean, you've been down there. No, 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 no. I was down there in the desert. Put me in the desert. And, 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 and I, had a, I had a wonderful time there. And, and, and the person been doing all of the Air Force brief and they're putting up all of the regulation up. And they asked the question, how do you spell Air Force? Anybody know? A-R-M-Y. It's Army. We're going back to the army, huh? That's why they're diversifying all of the things. Whenever I go places, I learn to respect other people's religious tradition. I spent three years at Enslek Air Force Base in Turkey. One of the richest time I ever had in my military experience. I sat with the imams, went down to the mosque, Trying to understand what America was fussing about, all this fuss about Islam. I was trying to trying to understand. You know, everybody got fame in life, right? Y'all ever did anything that 
you know, you really, let me tell you my fame. I, I did one good, things in, one good thing in my life. When I was there, they had this young America guy came to me and said, one of his best friend died and asked me, can I do his funeral? I said, no problem. He's American, no problem. I do it. That's, that's my job. He said, no, chaplain is much more difficult. His wife is Islamic. In his will, he wanted to be buried in an Islamic grave. I said, well, that created another big problem. And I said, well, okay, first of all, we had to get all of the Islamic legal person, the American legal person, you know, to try to make it work. And they said to me, chaplain, whenever you do that funeral, you go to the mosque, you can't say nothing. You can't interview. We're going to allow you to do the committal at the grave. And we went there to the, uh, to the mosque. They had his funeral there on a, a little porch on the outside. American, uh, a young American did read the 23rd Psalm. And, uh, and they put us, you know, they don't have hearse, and, hearse in, in Turkey like we have. You know, when someone die, we put you in the hearse and take you. They put him on a, a pickup truck and took his body down to the uh, cemetery. And normally, you know, a cemetery, I don't know here in Louisiana, since y'all got all this water here, the, the ground's supposed to be how, 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 how deep your grave's here. It's how deep? Six. But someone misconstrued things in Turkey, they had a 19. And I was standing at the head praying, Lord, please don't let me fall in this grave today. I... <laughs> and when I finished mine, I said ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and the imam, in Turkish language, he said the same thing. And all of a sudden, all those cameras, I told you I, I was popular in Turkey. Had CNN Turk there and I had about 10 different cameras. And, and they asked me, he said, Chaplain, why in the world are you being a Christian? And he being an imam, Islamic, a Muslim, y'all said the same thing. I couldn't answer anything because they told me I couldn't interview but that, that same afternoon, they had me all on the, the major newspaper, the, the, the network, saying, boy, we had this Christian, this email, we shaking hands, they took a picture of that. That's my one fam in life. And the next day, I went into the little village there. I was signing an autograph. I, they thought I was the president of the United States or something. I mean, I thought everybody got one fam. But my job as a chaplain is to make sure whatever your religious tradition is, our job is to make sure at Boxdale you have a place to worship. If you Islamic, you Jewish, you Satanist, you Wiccan, or whatever your faith may be, it's our responsibility because the Constitution gives you the right to worship. Someone said to me, the chaplain, well, someone came from the Wiccan. We cannot allow them to worship in the chapel. I said, why not? At all chapel, at all time, it's like your service. It's supposed to be neutral at all time. Saying, well, whatever religious faith there is, they can come in and worship God in his way. That's our responsibility. And I'm about through. Our, our responsibility is, we call it spiritual care of the people. We are there to care for the people. Even when we go to war, we go to war. Chaplains are considered non-combative. We can't carry gun. And everywhere we go, we take a chaplain uh, assistant with us. And they are the person that packed the gun. <laughs> you think I'm nice to them? 
I'm extra nice to them, amen? Because they are the one that carry the gun. And I always tell them that, you know, if we get into a con, because the rule is, as a chairman, you can't carry a gun because that don't make, that make you a combative then. And the rule is that long, I always joke with them, I said, when I go with you somewhere, and you get, you get shot or killed, and they ask me, Chapman, would you pick up that gun? I told them, well, long as CNA is not there, long as CNA is not there looking, I'm telling you, I might pick up that gun, huh? And defend myself. But that's why we try to be nice to them. We are the only person on base, it's eight of us, seven of us, got total 100% confidentiality. That's one thing I love about my job. Whatever you come in my office and you say to me, I cannot reveal it back to the president, even the base commander or the squadron commander. Whatever happened, people say it to me. I have to keep it. And I cannot. If someone said I want to kill somebody else, I always ask them, uh, you don't have my name on that list, right? Uh, and, and, but we got to keep everything. That's why people come to Chaplin. Because we are a group of people. People who come and talk. And I tell you, I've been in the ministry 35 years. And I take pride in keeping my confidentiality. We must maintain confidentiality because so many people with so many different problems. You name it. Whatever the same problem you have in the civilian sector, we have the same problem also in the military. Several years ago, I had a privilege of doing a service when I was stationed at Dias Air Force Base, a one military member that was killed in Iraq. He was a fireman. One of the saddest things I did in my whole life, providing comfort and healing to that family. He had a wife and also five children. What a sad thing. You know, being a fireman, firemen from all over the world, all of the places, they can because they love this fireman. We have a big responsibility. You know, we do a whole lot of memorial services here. But probably once a week, we have a chaplain out doing memorial services. Why? People gave their life for the freedom that we enjoy today. They gave their all in all for the joy and some of the privilege we enjoy today. Within my family, and I always carry this picture around with me. This is my father, Namilla. We have around about 30 Bryants. This only portion of it have served in the military. And I'm very honorable. I'm the last, I'm the last one now of all my brothers and sisters be serving in the military. But my father came through World War II. He always told me his story. He said, they never looked at upon me as a military member, even though I donned the military uniform. He said, I was a private first class, but they thought my name was Boy. He said, he said to me, you know, they call me Lil F. This, he said, I love my country. He's but the way my country treated me. He wasn't, he said, listen, my job was to make sure this flag never touched the ground. 
He said, even though he came back into a back into a country where they did not accept him as being a military member. But he always tell us, son, you got to always trust in God. And God makes ways out of nowhere. And he was a very honorable military member that took his challenges very, very seriously. And when he died in 1975, I was honored. The same flag that he draped across his casket. That's a very one thing I adore every day. I have it in my office at in, at, at my house. And also I have his big collage. I told you I'm a genealogist. And I got a picture of him because he's one man that I respect very highly. That even though things seemed like it was very negative for him, he still trusts in God. But call, God called each and every one of us to a very, very difficult task. To help heal the land. To make America America. We all, like Jesse Jackson always says, is a rainbow coalition, huh? It takes all of us, regardless of your ethnic group, regardless of your religious background, take all of us to make American work. Amen. That's what it takes, amen. Not only me, but it takes you and I, all religious faith. Our job is to serve all and not one. Let everyone say, Amen.